In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. know that you like ghosts right correct yeah of course love them and we've long discussed witches on the show also Um, love them and we often think like ghosts and witches combined together pretty good yep um i don't think we've ever talked about the undead specifically on this podcast um, mm-hmm. but what, like, do you got any feelings about zombies, <laughs> vampires, mummies, that sort of thing? Yeah, I do. I think, um, yeah, I'll give you my rundown of in the order I prefer them. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, la- I'll go last first because that's the one I could think of. My least favorite of those three are mummies. Don't care for mummies. Find them a yeah. little... Creepy with the whole gauze and wrapping situation makes me uncomfortable. Don't like it. Um, I think second on my list, I like... uh, It's a toss-up. I think zombies are second to worst of the three. (laughs) I like like zombies. So you're going from... Worst to best. I'm going worst to best. I know that's confusing. Zombies. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, I like zombies and I like all things like zombie apocalypse related in terms of television and stuff like that. But zombies do have a, a, a sense of like grossness and like, you know, old dead flesh and like zombies can be gross. But in general, I enjoy them. Number one on my list of those three are vampires. I think vampires, I mean, there's an aspect of them that are gross too, you know, drinking blood, not so cute, but um, they're generally seen and depicted as very like classic and maybe even sexy sometimes. And, um, I mean, they certainly know how to wear a roughly shirt most of the time. They definitely know how to rock a cape. Like, and that's not easy to do. (laughs) All like all the most dramatic clothing pieces, Mm -hmm. like cravats Mm -hmm. and like, a jewel, a bejeweled pinky ring. Yeah. Like they're very a, severe a looking creatures. Jaunty hat. <laughs> uh, they got all of those things pretty well sorted out. Yeah. I, so I think like, I think vampires are definitely top of my list in terms of the, in the undead category. Sure. And now finally, 
What are your thoughts on androids? Um, you know, I'm torn on this. I feel like maybe we've talked, we've touched on this a little bit here and there, but you know, I, I, it's tough for me because I like the idea of an android as like (laughs) somebody like, I, I like them in the Jetsons. They have a fun little robot. Uh, what is the name? Rosie. And she, yes. And she helps, you know, she's a little maid and she helps. And I like that. And, but I think there's also a sort of nefarious uh, dark side of androids and robots and, you know, that artificial intelligence. Uh, like Terminator over. Rise <laughs> yeah. of the Machines. Style. Correct. Okay. Correct. Now, what if I were to tell you that <laughs> there is a movie that combines. Witches, ghosts, zombies, vampires, and mummies, in and those are combined into the body of one particular type of uh, character, let's say, as well as an android. Can you even imagine a movie like that? No. And are you telling me that's the movie we watched? Because I don't know if I even understood that. Yes, that is right, folks. Um, today we are talking a mo- about a movie that combines the supernatural a- in the form of ghosts and vampires and magicians and sorcery alongside an android storyline, um, alongside two separate drug dealing storylines. I am Sarah Walsh. I'm here with my sister, Amy Walsh. It is see you next week in space. It is sit around Saturday here for us. And wowie zowie, we just got so much we can talk about with this movie. So Amy, why don't you tell us? simultaneously nothing to talk about. (laughs) Um, Indeed. So why don't you tell us what movie we're talking about this week? So... A lot of that stuff you just said is information to me, <laughs> um, and I did oh watch the movie. I know we don't worry about it. We all we know that I never know what's happening, and this is for <laughs> sure um, a situation of that. But this is we, one of the few times where I give you a hundred percent a pass on not understanding anything that happened because it and I, was like, not be, easy to figure out. Like I'm going to be honest, I did try, and if I'm going to just be like super transparent from the top and I already told you this, but it took me a good three to four times to get through this movie because at one point during the week, I sat down to watch it. I watched it for mm, maybe a minute and I was like, I can't do this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I'm not in the headspace for whatever this is about to be. Um, Cause it and- looked like a school film strip from 1988. Yes. And I was like, oh, woof. I, like, just looked at a screen all day at work. Like, I need something better than this right now. Um, Sure. And then I started watching it again last night. And maybe, and I, what my mistake was is I watched something else before it because I didn't, I was, I was avoiding it. And then Mm. I got tired by the time I put it on. And I said, anyway, so it took me three times to get all the way through it. But the movie we're talking about is. Uh, 1988. I'm sure you have all heard of it. It is called Robo Vampire. (laughs) 
Indeed. And I'll say it again, just like so it, you can like drink this in. It is called Robo Vampire. Um, and in the name of transparency, I will say that the reason I selected this movie is because based on the movies we have watched for this show, plus my own personal selections on Amazon Prime, this was recommended to me by Amazon. That's embarrassing. (laughs) I know. I know. I, I was like, I don't know what this says about me, that this is something... Although um, my recommended stuff on Amazon is embarrassing too, so I'm not going to judge. I feel like their algorithm is odd. I'll just say that. Like, it is. Some of it seems like super on the money, and others I'm like, there is no way I'll ever watch that, and I don't know why you're pumping it at me. But this one, like, it seemed really strange just from the description, which is... Narcotics agent Tom Wilde is given a second chance at life after being shot and killed. In a futuristic experiment, Agent Wilde is returned to life as an android robot, and he is sent on a very dangerous mission. Now, from that description, I was like, that seems like something that we can talk about on my science fiction podcast with my sister. Um, Because it said android, like a couple times. Futuristic mm-hmm. experiment. Um, I was like, okay, so that seems like something we can do. Um, what we got, though. It was not ooh, the vibe I was expecting at all. It was not the vibe I was expecting at all either. I mean, like, in that sense, I feel like I need to give congratulations to the writer and director, Godfrey Ho, for really giving me something I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams or nightmares. Um, Wait, why this, is he? Why was he credited as a different name? I just read that. Yeah. So okay, let's talk a little bit about the movie because I think that will it's good for maybe setting the scene, um, <laughs> such as it is. Uh, so this movie is made in 1988, and it is at least in part, let's say, inspired by, but probably more accurately, wanting to make money off of the success of RoboCop, which came out the year before, 1987. Mm. Um, and this particular movie is, uh, well, at least the material shot for this movie was shot around Hong Kong um, and was made by, as I said, Godfrey Ho, who is a well-known Hong Kong uh, writer and director of this era. Um, And Godfrey Ho is considered to be the Ed Wood of Hong Kong cinema. Um, He made a about 100 movies between 1980 and 1990 and then basically like that it like from what I was able to tell like his career was like very um short and concentrated so he made all this Mm. big bunch of movies in the 80s and then basically did like one or two more in the 90s and then like officially retired in like early 2000s Mm. um so do you know who Ed Wood is no Oh, um, yeah, Ed Wood is 
a very famous um, director from the 50s and 60s who's known for making really schlocky B-movies. Oh. Hmm. So, um, and in fact, Godfrey Ho, uh, I noticed when I was doing some looking up about him, is known for making Z-movies, which is to say... They're that bad. Like they're even Woof. lower. I mean, I'm not surprised after seeing this. Um, but in terms of like why he's credited um, differently, so in the credits, if you watch this movie, which I'm not gonna jump the gun, but I'm not sure that Amy and I are necessarily gonna recommend that you do that. Um, <sighs> but if you were to, you would see that the director is listed as Joe Livingston. And the writer is William Palmer. And both of those are actually just Godfrey Ho. Um, That's hilarious. And also because the name Joe Livingstone or Stone or however you say it barely fit on the screen. Like, oh, I didn't so notice. <laughs> I did because I was like, it's basically cut off. Um, why oh, wouldn't okay. you choose a name that you could fit on the screen? <laughs> true. Gonna, That's true. It's funny. Um, I feel like probably one of the reasons why he uses different names is one, like let's say a certain amount of racism of like, if you wanted this movie to get outside of Hong Kong, maybe you just felt like you'd have better success sounding like white people. American. Yeah. Um, But probably also equally important and I think this is, remains true now, is like when you see a movie that is written, directed, and like everything done by one guy or one woman or one person, often that makes you wonder like what the deal with the movie is. That's my, yeah. like, like it suggests that you couldn't get anyone else to do anything with it. Yeah, right. Um, so, that, so he was like, yeah, it was written by this person and this person, and we have so many people here who believe in it as opposed to just one guy who right. did it all. Right, yeah. like I think when we talked about Werewolf, it was a similar situation. <laughs> I it was like, about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> this movie gave me a lot of Werewolf type of reactions in really i think werewolf was better like i I had forgot i totally forgot about that movie but i think like (laughs) quality wise because here's the deal like i mean i don't i don't want to jump the gun and talk about stuff that we'll get into but like immediately like first time someone spoke in this movie that wasn't like a grunt i was like (laughs) i was like oh so this is entirely dubbed like even, yeah. it, even so, there were parts that were clearly dubbed because the original actor sometimes looked like they weren't speaking English, and other times looked like they were, and then right. other times it just looked like it was badly uh, spliced together. However, right. you know, right, yeah, but it was very clear that it was all overdubbed and not like live talking (laughs) no yeah it's all adr or it it seems to be anyway yeah um yeah so and i would also in in whale wolf's favor and if you've not listened to that episode (laughs) i encourage you to do so if you've not seen Um, that movie i encourage you to do so but uh that had like a story such as it was that basically made sense this is like a whole other thing entirely um I, I could tell us, you some type of linear, like, yeah, this happens, then this happens, then this happens. In this movie, like, just so everyone 
who cares or not, you know, Sarah always writes outlines for us to like give a little play by play. I am shocked that you were able to write one at all because if I had written it, it would have been like one page that just said, I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, yeah, my outline is four pages long. Oh my um, gosh. Which is shocking. And I, but as I said to you before we started recording, when I was doing this outline, I was writing words next to each other that I had never imagined would be combined ever in any context um no, there's a lot of I stuff mean, that happens here um but I think like the last thing I want to say that I think helps to contextualize like why this was a real head scratcher is one of the things that Godfrey Ho was known for and I don't think it's like unique to him necessarily um was that he did something c- referred to as like cutting and pasting technique for movies yeah so um and and this i think maybe is more popular kind of outside of the united states uh where presumably you might not be able to get like as much money as you would like to get for your movie. So you only have a very small budget. So you take like footage from other things and, and that's use legal? it. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it must be about um, like where you take it from. It's stuff that's like considered public domain or something. It's weird. Well, I don't think so because this movie, so like what I'm, my understanding is that what Godfrey Ho shot and wrote was all the stuff related to vampires yeah. and Robo Warrior. Yeah. Um, now all the other would, shooting stuff. Now was you would like... all you would say, but the, surely Sarah, that's the whole movie. The thing is called Robo Vampire, and I would say, ha ha! But it isn't all just that. It's got a whole other story um, about drug smuggling, and <sighs> that. The the footage from that is actually from a 1984 movie, Thai movie called Pa Logan. I'm not. I'm pretty sure I have not pronounced that correctly. But um, so that's the other thing is like something from 1984 has not moved into the public domain by 1988. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I also know that generally speaking, like the further back in time you go, there's less concerns about stealing intellectual can you imagine property. watching can you imagine watching a movie where you're <laughs> where you're like i can't think of a good example but like let's say it's a movie about brides whatever and then you go and it's like half of the movie is just like bridesmaids clips like added <laughs> like <laughs> just some new random footage and you're like wait what that's from I saw that other movie that's just it's bizarre like I know I know so basically like what I my understanding is that like and I don't think Ho is alone in this but like this may also have just been a more popular technique in Asian cinema at the time because yeah. you know like there's like lots of different countries so like you could be like I'm taking this thing from Thailand nobody in China has seen it so I'm gonna like I'm just gonna splice it in and then I only have to shoot maybe like 40 to 50 minutes of material and then oh, I mean I understand like thing economically um, why you would do it <laughs> right but like also that I mean that matters in the sense that like um, you know, American, the American film industry 
is like a kind of Goliath of money and resources that other places don't necessarily always have at given kind of moments in time. And I also know that like particularly in China, now Hong Kong has its own, it's not really mainland China in the same way and certainly not in this period, but like uh, the rules surrounding copyright there are notoriously disregarded. Um, so I think that's probably also part of the story here. Um, now, the final thing I just wanted to like surprise you with is, did you know that there are two sequel movies to this? Oh, no, I did not, but I'm scared <laughs> to even... I, I don't even... How? Like, it's just like my main question how was this uh, was are you because so my next my jumping off point or my question out of that would be was this movie successful commercially I really couldn't tell okay (laughs) um but it is enough of a thing that it has its own wikipedia page um and when I was googling around I found people like other like youtubers and people who have talked about it so it made its way into the canon of like look at this movie it might be one of the worst things that was ever made um which has a certain amount of like prestige right like if you've made the worst movie in the world that's true um, and, and I can't and remember who actually <clears throat> try to do it and like and because and it's like actually an, I obviously think like bad can't... movies are a niche thing yeah I don't think you actually I think let's face it if you want to have a truly bad movie I don't think you should be using the word try like it's got to happen naturally (laughs) right it usually doesn't for example I feel like maybe I don't know if I've talked about this movie with you or you've seen it but there's a movie called Velocipaster (laughs) oh I've heard of it I have definitely heard of it so it's 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 sort of like that where I think the team was doing it badly on purpose like was was mimicking some you know bad movie tropes um So in which case, like, I still found it entertaining, but it would have been better if it was a little bit more, like, earnestly bad. You know what I mean? Right. Like this movie. Correct. Um, I also just quickly looked up. So on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has gotten a 46% audience score. Whoa. That's not bad, actually. (laughs) I mean, considering Coming to America has... Or the second one, I mean, has 49%. Yeah. No, that's that really not bad. Good. So it delivered in the sense of like, and I, I think I agree with this, which is like, by the end of it, I was like, well, I don't really know what I just watched, but like, I'm kind of glad I saw it, like in a way. <laughs> um, I So we don't really need to talk about the cast very much. Um, but there were two people that I wanted to mention specifically because they actually come from the Thai movie, uh, that gets spliced into this. Um, because the people in the Godfrey Ho written and directed part, the part with the vampires and the robo warrior, all those people like that was like the one thing they were in. Um, and it didn't look like they went on to do anything else. Um, but for the Thai actors, some of them actually turned out to be like real, 
like actors, like with real careers. Um, so there was one guy who in the movie was being called Ray Roberts. Um, I presume in the pre in the Thai version of the movie, he had a different name, but his actual name is Sorapong Chatri, and he mm-hmm. was 38 when this version of his movie came out. <laughs> so weird. Um, and he seems to be, from what I was able to deduce um, from IMDb, I do not speak Thai, so I couldn't make much sense of the titles of anything. But he was in a, he's in a bunch of stuff, like 60 or 70 things. Um, so he seems to be a fairly famous Thai actor. And his most recent credit was from 2018. Hmm. Um, there's another guy who apparently had the name Ken. I couldn't tell you who that was. Um, but that was done by an actor named Tao Shang, um, who was 46 when this version of that part of the movie came out. Um, and he's a Taiwanese actor also who seems to have a similar, um, kind of profile as Chatri in Taiwan, where he's done something like, you know, 80 or 90 things. Um, so there are, there were some people in this who went on to have, uh, you know, careers and things like this was very early on for both of them, but otherwise there is not a single person in this that you would recognize. Um, many people are in weird makeup or masks or some combination of the two. So you wouldn't know who they were (laughs) anyway. Um, and so I guess let's just like dive into this thing. Uh, which is one truly like, and like, this is saying something I'm not even including the stuff we've talked on, uh, or talked about on this show, because I also just like watch weird stuff for my own pleasure. Um, (laughs) and this is quite possibly like top five weirdest things I've ever seen. Uh, yeah and sort of like I think what makes it the weirdest is like I'm not sure it knows how weird it is (laughs) do you know what I mean like it I mean I wouldn't say it takes itself seriously either but I yeah I don't think people involved in this were like do we know what we're doing (laughs) yeah like I don't like I felt like I almost felt like everybody who was making it was just like really really high and, like, I wasn't in on the joke. Like, there was something I was missing. <laughs> oh, I mean, I definitely think this is a movie that is best enjoyed in an altered state of some And I think that's persuasion. how it was made. Don't you? Perhaps. Like, I, I, well, I don't know. That's the thing is I don't know. It's like, confounding. Yeah. Um, and so let's just kick off here. Um, we start on a beach and I will start with the very first note that I took on this in my handwritten notes and they and it's all in capitals and it says immediately janky looking yeah like very school production yeah like low budget quality I mean everything yeah it's 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 that type where, <laughs> and this isn't so crazy for like some older stuff, especially since TVs have been so wildly improved since 
the 80s, but it, like, right. showed up small on my TV. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't take up <laughs> the whole screen. Um, so it was definitely immediately like, oh, no, this is a this is a different level we're dealing with here. Yeah. And that's when you turned it off after And that's seconds. when I turned it off the first time. <laughs> and that's um, when I was like, oh, I can't do this right now. Yeah. So then it doesn't really get better because... <laughs> Um, like the first two minutes were some of the most confusing minutes I've experienced as a film watcher in my life. Um, because there's like this beach scene and then we end up in a graveyard, I'm pretty sure. And some guys open a coffin and there's a body in there. Now this is why, because remember how I said there's a combination platter of mummies vampires and zombies yeah that's because what they're calling vampires in this movie to me seems like it's all three of them put together okay that was be confused because, yeah, because when i go ahead oh no yeah because i think that's why i was confused about like so the name we'll get to it but the name of the movie would imply there's some type of creature that's like half robot, half vampire. At least that's what I was right. picturing. And guys, and, let me just tell you, that never shows up. Yeah, in that's this not film. A, that doesn't happen. Um, the more accurate name of the movie should be like robot versus vampire. But anyway, correct. The versus the, ghost. Oh, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So when the first like or the vampire things, I couldn't figure out either if those were supposed to be vampires or like what they were, it because it was definitely not the aforementioned like sleek. They did wear capes, but like, or were they capes? Yeah. Or they had well, they had like flowing. Things. They had flowing robes. Robes. I'd yeah. Say. <laughs> um, no, because in my handwritten notes, the first thing. First of all, the coffin is like a sarcophagus, which is where I'm getting the mummy thing, right? Because they're all in those like ones where they're like stone and they make that sound of like stone hitting stone, like when they, whenever they open up where one of these vampires is. And then in my handwritten notes, the first thing that I describe this entity as being is a zombie, not a vampire. Like, um, because that's what it seems more like to me because they're mindless, like vampires, are like individual unique beings, not like an army that you can like direct and say like, go do this, which is what these vampires are. Um, But like, so the opening little stuff is like a coffin opens and then the vampire comes out. And then in my handwritten notes, I wrote, I'm immediately confused. (laughs) Then... The zombie attacks these two guys who are in the graveyard for some reason. Um, And that's where uh, the one, he ends up killing them both. But like we see, I guess, some of the like talents of these vampires or like their skills because they not only can they like beat you up, but they also breathe this smoke that I think that's what kills one guy is like maybe the smoke is poison but then and just in the case other... anyone's wondering, there's been no dialogue yet in this movie. No, and... no, 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 no. Um, and then this little scene ends when one of the guys gets his neck bitten by the vampire. Now, that would sound like what a traditional vampire does, but this is not like two teeth going into your jugular. 
Amy, do you want to describe how this neck bite yeah. transpired? So what this is, well, I'm just going to tell you what I saw. I'm, sure. I don't know what it was supposed to be. But what I saw was a, <laughs> a man bite another man in the neck and yep. then pull out a bunch of gooey gummy worms that were then hanging out of his mouth in a gelatinous Correct. way. And then they yep. cut back to the dude who just gotten bit on the neck and where he was bit, there was sort of like some jelly on his neck. <laughs> right. That's what I saw. Correct. Yes. So rather than the typical thing a vampire would do, which as I said, is like two little tiny teeth in the neck. Um, this is like just like galumphing, like chomp. Uh, and then the, the meat, the neck meat is like hanging out of this actor's yeah. mouth. And then just from, for our edification, I also wrote in my handwritten notes, it's been two and a half minutes. What yeah. is happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get the title card, Robo Vampire. And I already was like, I, wow. Like, where yeah. is this going to go? Um, now, it's important to understand for what is about to happen in the rest of the movie that we learn that the people, the men who are attacked by the vampire in this opening scene are actually anti-drug police. That's going to become important. Okay. Um, so now we are into the quote-unquote story of the film. Uh, and we are back, like, kind of around the water. There's a lot of scenes in this movie shot around the water, I guess, be, like, because Hong Kong is on the water, you know, whatever. Um, so we have some drug smugglers who are openly taking big boxes of drugs up from their drug ship to their headquarters area. And this is where we have the first dialogue that you remember loving hearing. This is the first <laughs> words spoken in the movie. Why don't you say yep. what they are? Um, I'll try to do it in the best acting. It's very dramatic. This guy just says, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's already more oomph than the person who oh. said, it, said it with. It was literally like, oh, fuck. Like, and I really and, did say, I cannot believe that was the first line in this movie. And I was like, who just said that? I couldn't even <laughs> tell. Like, yeah. Um, because this is what, and so then we move into what in my outline you'll notice is named drugs HQ number one. There are <laughs> two, there are two separate drugs headquarters in this movie. You gotta remember that, that to keep things Love straight. That. Um, so I was very confused when I heard, oh fuck. And then we get into this drugs land and I got more confused because, as you pointed out, the dubbing of this, or really the ADR, I think, is probably more, yeah. the more accurate way, rarely, if ever, matches people's lips. Not even a little. And, I mean, even if it, like, did match, it didn't even sound, just the sound quality sounded... Bad. It just sounded not correct. Like, it yeah. didn't... It didn't sound like those were actually words coming out of the, that person's mouth in that moment. Like, I actually, for easily half of this movie, I was under the impression that this was perhaps a Vietnamese movie and hmm. that 
and the reason for that is, is like you said, is sometimes it looked like people were speaking, like their lips moved and it looked as though they were speaking English and sometimes it didn't. Yeah. And so I was like, maybe what it is, is that in Vietnam, if you're a white person there, you're speaking French because Vietnam used to be mm. a French colonial oh. holding. So I was like, oh, maybe, and it's true that like certain, I only sort of am familiar with French, but it's enough, sometimes it does that. If you moved it, your mouth in a certain way, certain sounds, certain words seem similar to English. And I was like, oh, maybe they recorded it and they just straight up didn't care so much. They were like, just do it in the language that you speak. Who's to say? Yeah. And then they got some other person to do like the English dubbing after the fact but I don't think I think it's just it's that bad no one bothered to like line up the sound yeah. with people's mouths um but the point of this of being here is that we learn that um this particular drug cartel which I will refer to as drug cartel number one um is smuggling heroin into the country but these anti-drug police are getting in the way. Um, now, the way this particular cartel is smuggling in drugs is using vampires. As you do, I guess. Um, which you'll also notice in my uh, outline, I've then put in parentheses, why? It's a great <laughs> question. Like, um. I mean... It's a simple question, but it's a it's, great question. It's a question that goes unanswered in this film. Yep. Um, so within drugs headquarter number one, we also have, of course, as you would expect, the vampire storage room. Um, and in the vampire storage room, we see that these vampires are kept dormant, like standing up kind of like statues around this room. And the way they're kept dormant is like with these little papers that are affixed to their forehead that have some writing on them. Um, <sighs> mm -hmm. Were you going to ask a question? I mean, no, that makes total sense. <laughs> it, well, it will start to make slightly more sense in a second. Okay. And so like basically, and just to be clear, I'm not 100% if what I'm saying right now is actually accurate, but it is what I've been able to surmise to make this make sense. That's um, fair, because if anyone watched <laughs> this and was like, no, this is 100% what this means, I don't believe you, because yeah. it's wildly unclear. <laughs> so there's this room of vampires. They all have little papers with like Chinese writing uh, to, on them. And when the paper is affixed to the vampire's forehead, then the vampire is dormant. But when the paper becomes removed for whatever reason, that then activates them. Now, just to be clear, this paper thing, like, literally is never mentioned again in the film, but for this scene, this is how it works. And then there are these two guys in there with the vampires... It's unclear to me what their job is, but they seem to be working for drug cartel number one. Um, and they maybe have been tasked with vampire maintenance. 
And that's when they say one of some of my other favorite dialogue, of which there is very little in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an altar set up for the vampires, but also for the drugs. And so one of the guys is like putting stuff on the altar and he says, please bless our drugs. Um, Please and then bless our drugs. I love know. that. I'm going to start saying that <laughs> about stuff, that even that isn't drugs. Uh, and then of course, because like this is meant, I don't know if this is meant to be a horror movie. Honestly, I don't know what this is, but they're down in this storage area and you know, what's about to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is the vampires are going to wake up. Of course. And attack these guys, which is a, precisely what happens. So then there's like a, a, a like let's say a minute-ish or two uh, of these two jamokes fighting these vampires somewhat unsuccessfully. Um, and then the magician comes in. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and... Though, again, it is not clear from this scene, but you have to watch to the end of the movie to know this. The magician is the one who has created the vampires. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so he comes in and he saves these guys who are being attacked by his vampires. And the way he saves them mostly is by kicking people in the face and then putting those papers back onto the vampires' faces. And now, have we said how the vampires move yet? Did we say that yet? I can't remember. <laughs> no, because I'm not sure if in this... Is this the scene where it becomes clear their mode of travel? I think so, because I, I think right away I was like, what's happening with these guys? Okay. Okay, so go ahead and explain how the vampires move around. So <laughs> so what these vampires do is the way they're... Just so you can get a picture. Again, oh, yeah, they're wearing... you're, you're right. They do show it because I'm seeing it in my handwritten notes. Okay, go okay. ahead. Yeah, because they... <laughs> so what they are is they've got these long robes on and whatever their faces look like, which is inconsequential. But their arms are outstretched like a... Uh, like a mummy, I guess, would walk. You know, yes. Is that mummy? Yes. Do that? Yes. Yeah. And they hop. They just hop. They like... Correct. They don't walk... <laughs> They hop. So I don't know if this is like a different take on a vampire that I've never heard of before. I kind of love it. But like it, I was like, why are those guys just hopping? That is, it actually really did up the creep factor because if someone just started hopping at me, I, that would make me more scared than if they just were walking for some reason. Well, and what was weird about this, aside from all of it, was that I was like, so, okay, so if this is how vampires move around, just hopping, shouldn't that be sort of like a potential weakness about them? Like yes. And, and in Although this Although their legs would be incredibly strong. Sure. Um, <laughs> that's a great, like, leg workout if it you is. just only because hop everywhere. When, because when we say, just again for, like, visualization purposes, when we say hopping, it's not just like, it's... It's like both legs together, like yes. It's like you're in chair pose. Yeah, you're in chair pose, and then you're jumping and ending up back in chair pose. But your but their legs can separate when they're fighting, for kicking purposes. Yeah. So why do they move like that? It's very strange. I don't know. It's Um, a weird choice. Now is that? But this stuff is all stuff that 
um, what's the director's name again? I always forget. Godfrey Ho. Godfrey Ho. That was, this is all stuff that he shot. This isn't from right. the other movie. Right. Okay, okay. Yes. This is all the, like, original idea. Okay, okay. Bit of film. So this is all just him. He just, like, really yeah. liked the idea of a hopping vampire. I guess. Um, so this scene concludes when the magician has, like, kind of, um, anesthetized all the vampires by putting little papers on their faces. And then he, like, looks at the drugs that are also down in the same room with the vampires, and he discovers that the drugs aren't real. And this is never mentioned again. (laughs) Why would it be? Mm. Who cares? I guess. guess. Um, So then, now is where we start having the other movie's footage being jammed into this story. So then we're at a harbor, and um, this is, like, also shot by Godfrey Ho. So this is part of... So this is, like, a scene that was shot to try and make it make sense how now there's going to be all this other movie shit in here. Um, The... There are now two different drug cartels. There's the drug cartel we just saw who uses vampires for smuggling. And they're approaching this other drug cartel. I guess they work with them. That's also never explained. And they say, whoa, 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 guys. We kind of like have a problem because the anti-drug police have figured out that we're using vampires to smuggle (laughs) drugs. Mm -hmm. So we need to come up with a new way to get heroin into this country. Wow. Um, Which then brings us to drugs headquarters number two. Okay, not Um, headquarter number one. Right. And there is a scene where it's like a young woman putting drugs into the stomach of what I think is a dead cow, but I'm not sure. Um, And again, this is also never returned to in the film at any point. Um, (laughs) So then we return to drugs HQ number one. You can also think of this as the magician led drug cartel. Wow. Yes. Um. (laughs) The magician. Wait, I'm like, I listened to what you said, but then I just heard it again in my head. The magician-led drug cartel, did you just say? Yes, I did. Okay, what, makes like, sense. What, Story what are you out. trying to imply with, with that question? I mean, if I was going to work for a drug cartel, I'd want it to be headed by a magician. I, I mean, it could be worse. Who knows? And especially um, one that like ha- uses vampires as well. Yeah. I mean, like I said, when I was putting this together, there were words that were combining in ways that I never expected to combine them. Um, So the magician is now like explaining to some white guys. I'm not really sure what they're supposed to be like drugs investors. I'm not totally sure. Uh, But he's explaining to them how he's figured out this really awesome vampire drug smuggling game um and he's like let me show you how cool it is and then he awakes 
one of his specially created vampires. Now, this is a quote-unquote vampire. Like most of the other vampires we've seen up to this stage have human faces. Um, But for whatever reason, this special vampire that the magician has made is wearing an ape mask. What the heck was that ape mask thing? That... (laughs) also confused me because just when I would think I like under well and I there was never a point where I thought I understood but even if I was getting to a point of like possible understanding then all of a sudden there was this ape man that kept showing up and that definitely confused me yeah I don't I have no answer to why this one particular vampire was like made special by having an ape face but then when this particular vampire is awoken all of a sudden who should appear but a ghost woman (laughs) wait was the ghost woman the lady in white was she supposed to be a ghost yes oh i did not get that she's a total ghost because this is The only reason I guessed her was because she was the only one who ever wore white the whole time. But yes, so I did she's not a ghost that. lady. Now, also, she wore white, but Amy, explain her costume such as it was. Well, you mean like it was, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like a, a um, I really don't know how to explain it. I'm trying to think of the words like, it was just a plain white, ugly, like, white lady dress. <laughs> yes, but then the most important feature is that the entire top half was sheer, so you saw her breasts the whole time. Oh, maybe I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, like, just utterly confused by the whole movie. I maybe didn't notice that. Because my first note about her is... White lady ghost shows up with boobs. Really? Yes. Wow. I don't know how I missed that. I Because she's the one who got, like, water tortured. They also loved water torture in this movie. No, this... No, you're confusing her with a different lady. <laughs> oh, I might be... Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, oh I'm sorry. So, I don't no, remember the fine. ghost lady then. No, so ghost lady is the one who has like long black hair and in this oh. scene she explains she's she shows up because she's angry at the magician because she says you've turned my former lover Peter. She identifies herself as Christine also by the way. Okay. So the ghost's name is Christine. The ape-faced vampire used to be named Peter. And the two of oh them <laughs> It's some of the few names I got from this movie. Oh, so this I'm lady. Like yes, yes. Okay, I just clinging. <laughs> yes, I just googled so, it because I didn't pay attention to her dress though. I did not notice that, even though now it's quite obvious in these pictures. Yeah. So she shows up and she says, "Magician man, you've ruined my ghost's life because <laughs> I like." Me and Peter were, it's not totally clear, but she implies that they were killed because they were involved in an interracial love. She's, of course, the white one. I guess we're meant to understand that Peter used to be Asian, perhaps, Um, Mm -hmm. and that their parents disapproved of their love, and so then they both died. But 
like, whereas she became a ghost, Peter got turned into a vampire by this magician. And so now they can't be in love in the afterlife. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then she starts attacking the magician. The two white guy question mark inventors run away. Then the magician six Peter, the ape vampire on Christine. But Christine is like, no, no, I'm your former lover. And she like reveals her thigh, which has some kind of a tattoo on it. And then the Peter, the ape vampire recognizes her and he stops attacking her. <laughs> and I, just then, wish that, I wish that that like piece of audio could get like I wish that you were famous <laughs> enough where that could get taken out of context somehow and someone would just like pull the clip of you being like and then Peter the ape vampire said <laughs> yeah but like the thing is is like it's it's already out of context like there is no I context know. for that like it doesn't make any sense um but so he stops attacking her and then Christine turns to the magician and asks him to marry her to Peter. And then the magician says, sure, I'll do that. But in exchange, the two of you have to like be my slaves. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, um, I, yeah. So then we leave that place and we're on the road but we're still with the magician and now he's with his like like his other drug cartel friends and just to be clear this is drug cartel number one <laughs> and they're driving on the road and there's this big police lineup set up to stop them from I guess delivering their drugs or whatever I don't know totally what the deal is and then to try and bust through this police barricade, the magician wakes his vampires, who are also in this very small car, uh, wakes them up, and they start attacking the police. And ultimately, the vampires basically kill, or seem to kill, all of these anti-drug police, and then the magician gets back into the car and drives away. We are now taken to what I will loosely refer to as a hospital, but Amy, do you want to describe like the set for the hospital? Or I the don't hospital, think that... like the operating room that they're in. I don't think I recall. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter because it's it's literally just an empty room with a plain old like meeting table in it with somebody laying on it as though it's like an <laughs> operating room. And then I didn't, it was so it's like a boardroom, but somebody's laying on the table and they're being operated. On. Well, it's not quite as bad as that, but it is literally just like an empty room. I think they've done us the service of putting like one of those saline bags hanging from a mm -hmm. thing. Like there's that. And then there's <laughs> literally like one lady in a nurse outfit and one guy in a doctor outfit, like, and that's all there is in here. And then they start showing this machinery, I guess I'll say, um, mm -hmm. 
that is in another room. Like, so then you're like observing through a big observation window. And then there's this like other set of machinery outside of the window. And that is supposedly like what is like monitoring the life signs of this anti-drug policeman who is on the quote unquote operating, operating table. Um, and the machinery literally just has like one circle that's a green plus and one circle that's a red minus. And when someone's dying, the red minus bleep, like bleep, bleep, bleeps more. And when someone's reviving the green plus is going like bleep, 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 bleep. That's how that so, works, I think. Are you questioning that? <laughs> I mean, I'm I know sure that the doctors and the, the audience could tell us that that's accurate. I mean, I know that machinery was different in 1988, but this is so clearly not anything that was ever actually medical equipment. Um, like there's a different scene later on in the movie where they're like supposedly reviving someone and they're like turning dials and it looks like you're just turning up the volume on your stereo. <laughs> like it's just oh my like God. so stupid. Um, but basically the doctor then tells this man who I, I'm referring to as the scientist, but I think that's a little bit of a grandiose term for him. He's like, I'm sorry to say your friend Tom died. And then the scientist looks to the other guy that I guess is like supposed to be the commander of this anti-drug unit. And he said, can I use Tom's body to make, and this is a direct quote, an android-like robot. And... The commander looks back at him, thinks for maybe two seconds, and says, yes, your plan is approved, um, but of course you need to keep it totally secret. And the scientist is like, yeah, no problem, dude. No, I will keep it secret. And then we see these like metal-shaped body parts like being brought into this boardroom scenario, and uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah, like the scientist guy is like using like um, a welding, like, you know, those little tiny like flamey guys that do, you use for welding. He's like yeah, yeah. doing all that. And like, you're like, what is going on? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, and he's like, quote unquote, putting together this android, um, which then the green they also show the green plus flickering and flickering like he's coming back to life he's going to be a thing um and then wait now i'm confused oh yeah um and then we finally get a reveal of what is called in this movie the robo warrior um do you want to try to explain what the robo warrior looks like um, yeah, so <laughs> imagine, okay, the head is, it's a weird, mm. <laughs> I don't, oh, I do know what this one looks like. I'm just trying to think of like what I feel like it looks like a cross between. So it looks like a really janky version of like a community theater Tin Man, maybe. Yes. Partially. Uh-huh. Yep. A hundred percent. And then also there were times where like the head was reminding me, even though it 
now that I'm thinking about it, it's not really accurate, but it was sort of reminding me of like the predator head sometimes. Oh, um, interesting. I know it didn't okay. have like the I, weird I like hair thing. I can kind of see what you mean. But there it's was like something the about, visor. Like, yeah, there was something yeah. about it that was reminiscent. But also, this this actor or this whatever this robo thing had <laughs> a chin strap on, sort of like yes, a like child learning how to like ride a skateboard or something. It was yes. very weird. Yes. Um, the other thing that you should know that I, I like increasingly noticed once there were scenes with the Robo Warrior is like, just like how the voice does not line up with people's lips, the servo mechanism sounds of like, this is what it sounds like when a robot's arm moves. This is what it sounds like when a robot's head moves like, and every time it walked, it was like, I can't do the noise, but it was like, Um, it was like, It it actually got really annoying, to be honest. But also, well, that's because one, the sounds were too loud, and two, um, they they also didn't match with like (laughs) when the person was moving in the suit. Um, So that's going on. Um, Now, uh, this is where we really start basically watching two separate movies occur. Um, the first is the movie that involves the vampires and the robo warrior. And in that movie, the magician is like those drug guys or the anti-drug guys were waiting for us when we were driving. And so we need to kill all of the anti-drug police because they're figuring out our plan. That's one line of movie. Now, there's a different line of movie involving drug cartel number two. And what we see here is where um, these, like, representatives, I guess, of drug cartel number two show up at a church, and they're like, tell us where the drugs are. And the priest is like, there aren't any drugs here. And they're like, that's a lie. We know you've got them. And then in the scuffle, they knock over this big cross and the cross is full of drugs. <laughs> I do love that. That was hilarious, too, because, like, so they're in this room that basically, I mean, again, you can really see that there is very little budget because there's never anyone in this movie who doesn't have a line. So, like, they have no money for extras. They have no money for sets. <laughs> like, nothing's there. Um, but this is also footage from the other movie, the Thai movie. So mm-hmm. these, this big gang of men with guns come into this empty room, which is supposed to be a church, and we know it's a church because it's got a big cross. Then in the scuffle, the cross gets knocked down, and the guy who's like the ringleader of this group that came looking for drugs doesn't notice that now there's a big pile of drugs on the floor because they bust, they dr- like as the cross broke it just was like poof, and it was like all this white powder came out. <laughs> um, and then, legitimately, like this woman named who I also she's one of the few people whose names I caught. Her name is Sophie. She's a blonde lady in a white outfit who I think this you, is that lady. <laughs> yes, she literally like jumps out of a corner and starts shooting people. <laughs> Love that. And I was like, where did that lady come from? And then, unfortunately for her, this second group of drug dealers catch her 
um, and bring her back to drugs HQ number two. Um, oh, I have, that reminds me of a quick question, and I don't know if it, this sure. part has... I don't know if this has happened yet, and we'll get to it. But were there parts where, like, there were times where they were outside where it almost looked like certain actors were, like, put into a scene that they actually were not in? Does that make sense? There were certain times where I felt like people's... Maybe it was just a weird editing thing where people looked like the wrong size next to each oh. other almost. I don't know. Maybe. I noticed it. I noticed it once or twice where I thought it like looked weird. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like attempts to like recreate a shot and it didn't work. Yeah. You know. Um but this is anyway. another one where the here I think the reason that the the lips and the audio isn't matching is because it's this whole other movie. Um, yeah. And I think that they are like ADRing new yes. like dialogue over something that already existed in a different language, presumably. Yes. Yeah. Um, so in Drugs HQ number two, Sophie is being <laughs> tortured by the main ringleader of drug cartel number two and he's torturing her by like putting her under she's like tied to a chair under like a dripping faucet (laughs) has like dripping drip 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 on her forehead and it's driving her crazy uh then to like link what we just saw from this other movie into the story of this movie um (laughs) we're back at the hospital slash headquarters for the anti-drug police and they are organizing a rescue mission for sophie um and intriguingly they don't seem to be particularly interested in sophie's safety or well-being they just don't want her to break under torture and tell them their plans so that's why they feel like they have to get her back Mm -hmm. um and then they hire a guy named ray who is the kind of like actual seemingly successful actor in thailand (laughs) um they are like you're gonna be the leader of this like rescue team that's gonna go get sophie from drugs hq number two um then we return to the beach uh where we have another interchange dust up kerfuffle however you want to say between the robo-warrior and the vampires and the anti-drug police and drug cartel number one. Yikes. Yes. Um, and this, this is all part of, like, what seems to be a vaguely, like, we're testing to see how robo-warrior performs series mm-hmm. of scenes. Um, so they're not super important, but they happen. Um, then... What happens next? Uh, Oh, yeah. Then there's, like, some more nonsense with the rescue team trying to get deeper to, like, closer to drugs HQ number two. Um, Then there is this part that I don't know how this fits in at all. They're at, like, what to me looked like, like a fairgrounds... Like there's Uh all these, it's the one time there are extras in the whole movie. And there's like, literally it looks like dozens or maybe even a hundred people. And they're all circled around this 
pair of guys who are arm wrestling. Is yeah, any of this yeah, ringing yeah. a bell? Oh to yes, you yes, at yes, all? yes. Yeah, the arm wrestling help. Yes, yes. So, uh, the rescue team for Sophie plus members of drug cartel number two are all at this public arm wrestling match. And one of the arm wrestling guys, I think, is also part of drug cartel number two. And so the rescue team and the drug guys get into a big fight and they capture uh, the arm wrestling guy and then he becomes like their main like source of intelligence for how they're gonna save Sophie. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not sure what I just said is actually like quote unquote, what the story would say. <laughs> but um, that's the only way I'm like trying to make all of this fit together in a way that sort of makes sense. Yeah. So uh, then we are again back at the beach and the people who represent drug cartel number one are trying to like... Um, annihilate the robo warrior with like fireballs or something. Um, and this is the scene where like they're on the beach and they have like this line of fire, and you can tell that the actor who plays the robo warrior is literally like just being slowly dropped into a hole in the sand behind <laughs> the fire. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and so then the drug cartel people are like woohoo, we killed him. And they like give each other high fives. But of course that's not really true. He survives. Yeah. Um, and then he pops out of the sand and starts shooting. But then also somehow vampires are there because they pop out of the sand. <laughs> and this is the part where like he's in the center of a circle of hopping vampires. That's terrifying. At the beach. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Have the full picture of what is happening. Um, but then, like, I think this is when, hold on, I need to look at my handwritten notes to, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, so then special ape vampire Peter is also at this beach uh, dust up. And he <laughs> is like, he's like shooting sparks or something out of his hands whoa and it so then he like shoots these sparks or these rockets or some shit i don't totally know and that like seems to like deactivate the robo warrior mm -hmm. and so then the drug cartel people who've been watching this whole thing are like great we we really did get him now so they leave. We're back at the quote-unquote hospital, and the scientist and the doctor are working on the robo-warrior to try and save its life. Um, so we again get to see the green plus and the red, red minus going back and forth. Um, but they are successful, and the robo-warrior is healed from its injuries on the beach. Um, then we are brought back to the story of rescuing Sophie and getting, 
uh, drug cartel number two uh, under control. And we have like another kind of like shootout between the rescue team and some members of drug cartel number two. Um, This is where like the town that they come into looks kind of abandoned. Uh Uh-huh. And then they find this like random kid who like jumps out from behind a house and then the leader of the rescue team shoots him and kills him. And then the lady, Wendy, like is like, he's got a grenade in his hand. Is any of this like something you remember? (laughs) I mean, not particularly, but I believe you. Okay, fair enough. If it um, was like the real like big fighting scenes, I did sort of like definitely tune out during that stuff. Yeah, I mean it's not really important anyway. What is important is after they have this very stressful shootout in town, um, then we go to the one love scene in the movie, which was like even more puzzling, I think, than anything else. So Wendy is swimming in the nude in a lagoon that they found, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, wait a second. The... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> what were you about to say? Well, I just remember something. When you said lagoon, I remembered a part that I was like, was there a part where there was a suspended, what do you call those things, like, where there a suspended, um, I don't know what they're called. Like they have it for Roosevelt Island, those cars that Oh <laughs> not a car. Yeah, yeah. Like the tram or like Yeah, the, the tram tramway yeah. thing. Wasn't there a part where two people were in that and then it blew up and then they were like fine and it just fell in the water? Yes. We haven't quite got Oh we there haven't yet. okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> that just like when you said lagoon, that remind, reminded me of that part where they were in the water. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, we're almost there, but we haven't okay. and it does involve the same two characters, Wendy okay, and Ray. Okay. So Wendy, after like the stress of being in this like shootout, she decides she needs to go swimming in this lagoon. And she's skinny dipping, and then Ray shows up and is like very like creepy and is like you should bathe more often blah 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 um (laughs) and then he just jumps in the water and she I think she even says like get out of here but then he jumps in the water with her also in the nude if I understand correctly and then they like are swimming together and it had it kind of reminded me of that final scene in Impossible Planet where oh yeah you know like in that like Mm -hmm crevasse or whatever like they're yeah yeah it was very similar of like they're swimming and they're making out um what was particularly strange to me is in my handwritten notes I have the world's most unromantic kiss um (laughs) it was just like very perfunctory isn't the word it just like you know when someone does a stage kiss and it's like almost so it's almost like so quote unquote passionate that you're like, that's not real. Like yeah. people do not kiss with their mouths of, like that. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and that's what this was a hundred percent. So now surprisingly, we are almost to the climax of the movie. Oh my um, God. We return to drugs headquarter number one. 
And now we see that the magician is, has gotten around to officially marrying Christine the ghost and Peter <laughs> the ape vampire. Uh, okay. And this is where Robo Warrior shows up and he finds like Christine and Peter like making out. And do you want to say your other favorite bit of dialogue in this moment? Oh, yeah. Well, I kind of forget the exact line, but she basically is like, no, you can't kill us. We're in love. And then she's like, and then immediately is like, if you're going to kill us, let us first consummate our love. Indeed. Now, that in and of itself is pretty funny for a lot of reasons. But (laughs) funny and weirder still is that then this request to allow them to consummate their love before he kills them, which, by the way, I don't think you can kill a ghost or a vampire with a gun, which is what Robo-Warrior has. Yep. Um, He then has a flashback where he flashes back to when he was a human man, and there's this very weird scene where him and his wife are like, breaking up because he takes his police work too seriously. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was confusing. Yeah, I did I remember being like who are those people? But then I didn't yeah. care again. No, I it I didn't realize that that was a flashback until I wrote the outline. And then yeah, I, was I was like, like wait, why are we uh, And then why was she also he had a point though, because what he said to her was like, "You knew I was a police, right? You knew I was a policeman before we got married. Why are you saying this to me now?" Right. And he's not wrong. But, that was weird. So, that was very weird. So there's like some flicker of humanity left in Robo Warrior, and then we come back into the present, and he's like, "Okay, ghost and vampire, I will let you have sex and won't kill you, even though I couldn't kill you anyway." So the robo-warrior, like, turns around and starts to leave. But then, I guess this was all a ruse because Christine and Peter attack the robo-warrior. Christine uses... I don't even know how to describe this. Like, her ghost clothing extends and she, like, can wrap people up in, like, big, long cloths. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so Robo Warriors, she's like, shoots out. I mean, these... I wouldn't really call that a, uh, a, pow- a superpower or whatever to, to, that you can wrap people in cloths. I don't know. Like, she's got control of her garments such that she can, like, you, like, extend them out to make these, like, cloths that then you can like wrap around someone's leg and like make them fall down and stuff and so that's what she does and then peter's also like attacking with hops and things Mm -hmm. um then in the midst of that like this the fighting isn't over but then we go to the scene you just asked about where wendy and ray are in like a little yeah, what are those called? Like, um, I guess a tra- tram is the- tram, but it's also got it does have a funicular, maybe. But like, it's you know sometimes you have the same sort of thing, but it's bringing you up a very steep hill. Yeah, but this a is gondola. One that's, is that what that's called? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, 
So they're in a gondola over a river and various like drug dealer people are shooting at them. And is this like, is there a rocket launcher involved? I can't I have no remember. idea. I just, I just know that it exploded and they survived. <laughs> right. So, cause then they jump down into the river and they swim away and they're fine. But somehow, even though they've swum away, they end up being taken prisoner and brought to drugs HQ number two. And now they are prisoners in this same water drip torture room as Sophie. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, the rest of the rescue team is like standing kind of like outside of the drugs compound, figuring out like how they're going to save the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And then the lady who we saw at the beginning of the movie putting drugs into a dead animal carcass, she comes and turns off the water that is dripping on everybody's bodies. And like the reaction that people are having to this dripping water is like pretty intense because. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, I that's what it's I would call it water torture. It's like I know. Right. I mean, water torture is a real thing, but like. I don't know if what water torture would cause, like these people are acting like they're delirious, like, <laughs> and they can't have been in this water torture area for more than 45 minutes. Like, I don't know. I feel like um, I might go crazy pretty fast with that too. I think that would really annoy me. I don't know. I just, I guess I just don't get torture also, and what you're supposed to do. Well, also the thing that's a little funny about it is like, and I I understand that it's a movie and all, but like they all have their, their arms, they're in like chairs and their arms are tied around their backs. And what's making the water torture bad or what I think, you know, is that they are looking up at the spigot coming down on their face, right? right? They but could just, they just turn their looked, head away. If Yeah, if they just looked <laughs> forward, it would just be like raining on their head, which would also be annoying, but far less so. Or more importantly... They still they can are move their prob- chair. Yeah, they couldn't move their chair out from under the water. Because I don't water. think they're, I don't think they're tied like to the floor. I don't think so. No. Um, so this lady comes in. She unties them all. Then one of the other kind of henchmen notices what the lady has done, and then they all do some like fighting. Um, then the rescue team comes from outside and there's like all these shootouts and like different scenes of like stuff going wild. And this is when there's a series of different like death scenes of, of people in the drug cartel where like someone is on a roof and they're shot and then like an actual like rag doll gets thrown down instead. Oh my God. I loved that. I will say (laughs) I loved the rag dolls getting thrown everywhere. Like that was pretty amazing i think a ragdoll got blown up like there's like there were a number of things where i was like that is so not even like a convincing dummy that's just been blown up like um so that was pretty wild um finally sophie wendy and ray managed to run out of the drugs hq number two they meet up with the rest of their rescue team and then the rescue team blows up the drug cartel number two's whole shebang. Um, and I was really confused because, wait, where's, oh yeah. My final note on this was no survivors because 
I could have sworn that there was like just before they blew everything up, I could have sworn there was a scene where like Ray was like kind of like rounding up the people who were left from the drug cartel presumably to arrest them but then it was like we're blowing the whole thing up and I didn't see those people ever again mm-hmm. so I was like did they just did they round them up and like leave them in there and then they blew up the whole thing that seems bad uh, it all seems bad to me yes I mean the movie is bad so like the whatever bad, so um then so that basically that line of story is now completely over. We do not mm-hmm. return to that ever again. Um, and then we return to kind of the robo vampire story of it all where, um, Oh yeah. Then there's this like few minutes where they're just in the streets of Hong Kong mm-hmm. and it's robo warrior and Peter, the ape vampire. Like they're not even fighting each other. They're just like in proximity of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like they're having a night on the town almost like <laughs> I don't, I, I just, I was like, what is like so much of the movie? I was so confused, but now I knew I was near the end and I was like, but like, where is this going to go? Like, where is there to go from here? Um, right. because yeah, my handwritten notes say vamp and robo warrior, just strolling the town. and they're like walking through one of those like um you know like how for a while the architectural style was to connect buildings like not where you would cross the street you would go through like a tunnel from one building to another yeah yeah. um and they're like walking through that and then for some reason when robo warrior tries to like do something to peter then peter like grabs some ladies who happen to be walking by um (laughs) but then he and then they don't get captured and then my final thing about this is like then peter hops away uh which robo warrior cannot get like so the vampires can only hop to move Robo Warrior can only walk extremely slowly to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, which then brings us to, I guess, what is supposed to be the true climax of the film. Uh, because Peter bring like leads Robo Warrior back to Drugs HQ number one, mm-hmm. the magician's house. And now is like the big scene where like Robo Warrior is like, I guess, fighting like all the vampires. Simultaneously, we're cutting between Robo Warrior and Peter and the other vampires fighting each other. And then we're having a scene where Christine, the ghost woman, is fighting the magician man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this is again where her clothes are like wrapping up around him as part of her fighting technique. I think she also has, wait, where is it? Um, she also has like a, a parasol that like lights on fire somehow <laughs> as like I a love weapon. Um, but then uh, like the magician does some magic-y stuff and he like quote unquote kills Christine. And this is the first time, like it's in this fight I was waiting for this to happen. Like, we've seen this woman's breasts the whole time, but they've always been underneath a sheer cloth. Mm -hmm. But in this scene, for whatever reason, to properly 
fight him, her breasts have to be fully exposed. Yeah. So they're out. Um, you questioning that? Of course they do. <laughs> I know that when I'm fighting people, like I need. I like to do it shirtless. I definitely like to do it shirtless because what I want is some of the more sensitive areas of my body to be fully exposed. Yes. Um, that's like kind of an intimidation factor to yeah. people, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so all of this is happening. It's very weird. The magician like does some magic where he like takes blood, I think, and like writes some symbols on Christine's chest and that like, quote unquote, kills her. But you can't kill a ghost. Um, But she's like kind of neutralized or whatever. And she like lays on the ground. Then the magician fresh from this fight turns to Peter, the ape vampire, and is like, you got to kill this robo warrior like right now. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, Which Peter tries to do, but isn't successful. Then Christine Turns out she wasn't neutralized by this spell. She comes back. She kills the magician. I don't really remember how she does it. The war. Then we cut to the Robo Warrior. His gun has now turned into a flamethrower. He lights Peter on fire. And the final. <laughs> let's say 30 seconds of the movie this this like shot even lasts longer than it feels it feels like someone forgot that they had left the camera on um because then basically the final bit is just we see robo warrior standing in the midst of all these like i guess killed vampires and then the title card the end (laughs) it's a trip i mean i just can't even like all the words i just said for the past what 60 minutes i just can't believe i said any of them well none of them make sense and like anyone who's listening to this and didn't see this and like they think that we're on drugs probably because like that's how crazy it all sounds i think if i had been on some amount of drug or even some amount of alcohol, I think this would have made a lot more sense somehow. It's possible. Like, or I just wouldn't have expected as much in terms of things making sense. Or that, (laughs) yeah. um, But okay, so here we are to the yawns and eye rolls phase of the podcast. Um, And... You know, I think I know you, I have a feeling I might be able to anticipate your answer for both of these, but, um, as always, we will start with yawns. So one yawn is this was not even boring at all. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time and 10 yawns was like, I really truly (laughs) couldn't care less about this thing. I just couldn't get into it. Oh, I think I'm going to have to like go right down the middle on this one and say like five because it did. It took me a while to get through it. And like it's boring isn't like totally the right word, but it was so confounding that it then when you don't feel like you're following something, it then becomes a bit boring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to just do five. I mean, I would give it, I would actually maybe even give it a two. Oh, wow. Because I eventually was like, what's going to happen next? (laughs) You got fully invested. Like, where where can this go? (laughs) And the answer Um, is nowhere that makes sense. No. And that did keep me engaged in a, in a way, um, in terms of eye rolls. Now this is a real concern to me. Um, you might have to expand the scale. Uh, in terms of eye rolls, one eye roll is like, yeah, you know, it's a movie, like whatever. Mm Um, and 10 eye rolls is like, what am I watching? Um, 10. (laughs) I, I don't know if I've ever given anything like a full blown 10 on this before. I don't think so. Because this is definitely the most like, what am I watching? I said, I can't remember if I said this while we were recording or when we were talking before, but I said the words, what the fuck out loud so many times while watching this. I don't think I've ever said it as much in a 90 minute period ever in my life. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I really have to do full blown 10 because I had no clue what I was watching. Yeah. I have to agree with you on this. Cause like just by the same token that I gave it a two for yawns, <laughs> it was because of the 10 of the eye roll. Like, <laughs> I just was like, where, what will the next thing be? And like, I don't, where is this going? And like, what is happening? And who is that guy? And why are they? Everybody who is literally everybody. And like, why is there, like, why are we And why is that person saying that? And why is that person doing that? And why is that person wearing that? And what, where, when were we ever by a waterfall? And like, And why did that person survive? And why are there now 45 dead bodies on the ground when I don't even think I saw 45 people before? No, that was, again, it was like the arm wrestling scene and the scene where they were blowing up drugs HQ number two. That was the most people I saw in the whole movie. Yeah. Were in those two places. Um, Yeah, so I guess (laughs) by... Wrapping up, uh, did you like this and would you recommend it? Uh, um, I, I don't know if I can say that I liked it. I, I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like it. <laughs> Is that mm-hmm. an option? Um, sure. And, and the recommendation would be with like a huge, huge caveat, like, if you want to see something bonkers that makes no sense, give this a try. Um, yeah. It would not be like, oh, hey, here's a totally normal movie I'm going to recommend to you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I've so I watched this movie on Tuesday and I've been reflecting ever since. It's now Saturday. <laughs> if I liked it. And I uh-huh. still don't know. I still it's, don't know. It's um, tough to say. But in terms of would I recommend it, I think my feeling about this movie is similar to when we discussed Killer Clowns, <laughs> which is 
And Killer Clowns, in comparison to this, is like a Shakespeare Right. Play. It's a cinematic masterpiece in yeah. comparison. Um, I get, like, I know that I said with Killer Clowns, like, this movie is now a way that I can, like, figure out who my weirdest friends are, right? <laughs> or something. I know I said something similar to that. Um, yeah. I now have a new movie that mm-hmm. will tell me a new piece of information about people if they're like, oh, yeah, I've watched that. Or, oh, yeah, I love that movie and I've seen the sequels. <laughs> Oh no, that's like someone you need to be afraid of. <laughs> um, like if they if they said, "Oh yeah, I've seen it and I've seen the sequels," that's like that's concerning, right? So, like in that sense, I find that I appreciate this movie for helping me to like <laughs> surmise something about people without having to ask a lot of follow up questions. I'm like, okay, sure, we got it. Got it. Um, I know exactly who you are if you like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that said. Someone who I am scared of. (laughs) (laughs) But that said, if any of what we've talked about has piqued your interest, I would say watch some of this just for the sake of seeing this because it is unlike anything I've seen before. Um, I, I don't know if that's a recommendation so much as it just like, check yeah, it out. I don't know. I mean, check um, it out sounds like a recommendation, but like <laughs> it, it is, if you want to be as confused as we are and understand at least our confusion, check it out, I suppose. But Indeed. if you also don't care, you also won't be missing anything because it makes no sense. <laughs> yes. And on that note, we will leave you till the next time. I am Sarah, and I'm here with Amy, and we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.